It's second interview time. Second interview week, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Jim Harbaugh out there doing his thing outside of Michigan. We were watching him over the weekend. I don't know about you. I watched a lot of football this weekend. After watching a lot the week before and a week before, it's been two weeks since Michigan's won the national championship. Great to be with you here. Rob is saying that he's glad to see me here on a Monday. He thought the update was going to do it for today. And no, you know, the update that happens 15 minutes before this show is going to happen on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays just to get you up to speed in nice condensed form and what's going on with Michigan. Had a few different comments saying, this show's too long. Can I have a a Reader's Digest version on just what's going on with Michigan. So everything just is going on with Michigan, all tightly packed in there. And also there was uh, a request to have that update feed put on the, the podcast feed, which I am starting to do today as well. So that's all there for you. Good to see you, Rob, today. You can think about what we're going to talk about, and you'd probably get pretty close to where we are going to be. But uh, J.J. McCarthy, there's been two mock drafts that I've looked at here in the last week from Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, uh, two of those uh, esteemed mock drafters. Neither of those guys had J.J. McCarthy in the first round. I still think he's going to be in the first round, but not really talking about McCarthy. You're talking about who's going to fill – McCarthy's shoes in 24. I'll give you the candidates and we'll discuss who it's going to be in 24. Also, Aiden Hutchinson has been on a roll and so has his team, the Detroit Lions. You may have noticed they're on to the NFC Championship game. We'll visit that, but we're going to start with Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh was in D.C. Friday, and I'm like, oh, no, now the commanders are in the mix. It's like, no, Harbaugh's just out there. Unless he was secretly interviewing. I don't know. Is that even allowed? <laughs> maybe not. Maybe it is. Uh, he was in D.C., so, you know, you're thinking commanders, but no, he was there for some rally. And then the next day, Harbaugh made the trip over to Baltimore, you would think, to support uh, you know, he was hugging John. I, I, he watches the Ravens games. I, I've, he's supporting uh, his brother sitting up in, you can see in one of the luxury suites during the game, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman making, oh, I guess he's up there be, between interviews. And, and then Troy's like, well, I really hope he comes to the NFL. It's like, you speak for yourself, Troy. It's not what Michigan fans want, but you know, so, you know, they, he got a couple minutes of uh, airtime during the Ravens' victory over the Texans. And it wasn't lost on Michigan fans that both John Harbaugh and Jim Harbaugh and their defensive coordinator, whether it's Mike McDonald or whether it was Jesse Minner, having a uh, game plan to go up against C.J. Stroud. And uh, Stroud was actually pretty good numbers-wise against Michigan in his two years, but lost. And then, of course, losing to John Harbaugh over the weekend and stymied by the Ravens defense. I think the Texans did get a punt return in that game. I don't think they had an offensive touchdown. I don't know. It's all uh, going pretty fast through there now. But so we're here with Harbaugh and, you know, I'll give you my thoughts. It's like, uh, is he coming back or what? I know that's what a lot of people 
want to know. And th- this could take, uh, you know, longer than you want. The thing with the, the thing, the job opening in Atlanta where Harbaugh interviewed last Tuesday, I just saw before I came on, who was it? Was it Pat McAfee who had Adam Schefter on? I believe that's uh, true. Uh, anyways, the quote came from that show that said, look, Belichick's the only serious candidate. I mean, that's what they had to say. And uh, okay. Uh, that doesn't mean that that Jim Harbaugh, sometimes you have the serious candidate and you go to the second candidate after the first candidate, uh, things don't work out. So, you know, he's still in the mix, whatever the mix is, looks like. Just trying to, you know, get a read on it. That, you know, Harbaugh is there and there's a chance and he's supposed to have a second interview in Atlanta this week. And then the Chargers, which all along, it seems like everyone's in agreement it's going to be the Chargers. If it's going to be the NFL and the Chargers, that is, according to Adam Schefter, says that uh, the Chargers are going to have a second meeting or interview with Harbaugh this week. But they also have uh, a number of other coaches that they're interested in. One, Ben Johnson. And Aaron Glenn for the Lions. And, you know, the now they can't have an in-person meeting and have to wait till the Lions season is over. So maybe they won't make a decision. I don't know if this is – I'll have to think about if this is going to be good or bad. It'd be good for the Lions if they make the Super Bowl. We could be talking about three weeks from tomorrow, you know, that this could still play out when it comes to Jim Harbaugh. If it's the Chargers, if the Chargers are interested. But – you know, you would think that, you know, if the Chargers guy was uh, Jim Harbaugh, that they would jump in, that they wouldn't have to do that. But maybe they want to wait uh, all the way. And, you know, is Jim Harbaugh going to be like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll wait three weeks uh, as well, you know, before he signs any contract that gets back to that that February, mid-February kind of uh, drop dead uh, deadline that people were thinking about because Harbaugh was talking about that in um, or maybe it wasn't Harbaugh that was talking about it. That was with the Yahoo Sports uh, piece last week by Dan Wetzel had uh, discussed about the Harbaugh didn't want the new contract to start till then. So giving it enough time to play out in NFL circles and all that. So, you know, that's where it's at is the, uh, the timeline. You know, if you're a Michigan fan, I suggest you just hold the line. Uh, it's not fun. On, on one side, you know, you're, you're you're so happy that Michigan won the national championship and he was the head coach there. And, you know, so, you know, he deserves like, you know, you, I said when he was coming in that if Jim Harbaugh ever won the national championship and wanted to go to the NFL, I would drive him to the airport. Well, you know, here we are. Uh, he doesn't need my ride to the airport, but it's the, it's the idea that you know he's done his job and then if he wants to go to the NFL he can. So there is that part and I think most people agree on that and yet you do feel like you're being held hostage. So hey, go ahead and do it. Why are you holding us hostage? I mean they're so they're totally mixed. You know, uh, I don't even know if they're their feelings. I guess they are. You know, you feel like you're being held hostage. You you feel like, you know, you're happy for him to go ahead and you know, uh let this process play out, but you also, as much as you enjoyed two weeks ago and winning the national championship, you do at some point start, you know, peeking down the road and think about what about next year. And everything is frozen, you know, in terms of recruiting and, you know, the transfer portal. It's just like you see Ohio State, you know, they throw another couple million down and, and buy another player, you know, and they're just uh, they're, they're just pounding that uh, uh, the illegal payments and, you know, pay for play 
for players and, you know, they're stacking their lineup and, you know, who knows if the NCAA is going to step in like they did uh, Michigan last year to a, a dirty program like Ohio state, but you know, uh, their, their best defense Ohio state's is, is that everybody pays for the players. What are you talking about? So, you know, and maybe they're right. Maybe they'll have to go through like 10 other teams or 20 other teams before they get to Ohio state illegally promising, you know, to pay players and everything else. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see on that. But if you're upset with Harbaugh and say, just get on with it. Like, I mean, it's, it's got to play out. And you do have to remember this. I mean, like if you're a recruiting fan, you understand sometimes, you know, you'd say, I don't like call somebody high maintenance or prima donna. That's a little bit too much, but you know, they, they, they're allowed because of their status to, you know, take time and, you know, Harbaugh can take all the time he wants. If he returns, remember in college football, the number one and most important thing is the head coach. So getting Jim Harbaugh back as much as you don't like every year, this is going to be going on every year. Well, you know what? The, at this point, if he was somehow be ready to do this in, uh, for another year, uh, go ahead. That means he would be back at Michigan for another year. You know, the feeling this time is if he signs that contract, it's going to be a little bit beefed up buyout. So this is not going to be, I know, famous last words, uh, you know, a yearly deal with, uh, with Harbaugh. But uh, Jim Harbaugh is worth more than five or ten five stars. I know that sounds crazy to people because talent, you know, ultimately what wins on the field, but it's the head coach and in Harbaugh, if you're able to get him back, he's worth more than, you know, the five players in the transfer portal, five, five stars. I mean, that's how much a, a top coach in college football is worth. And who's better than Harbaugh right now? If we're, if we're really ticking off, who's the, who are the best coaches in college football? Okay. You know, Nick Saban retired. So he's, you know, he's not on the list anymore. He was number one. Kirby Smart won the back-to-back national championship. So, you know, I would say Kirby Smart. You know, you, you need tiebreakers somehow. National championships are a good one. Uh, I mean, putting Dabo Sweeney there, you know, Dabo's these last two years, you know, Harbaugh's going up, Dabo's going down. Maybe you want to put Dabo in there. Who else? Lincoln Riley? Caleb DeBoer, you know, he didn't have that national championship. I don't know, I'll put Harbaugh number two. I feel like Harbaugh's the the second best coach in in college football. And, you know, the way that he's getting it done in these turbulent times in college football with other teams just backing up the Brinks truck, paying players left and right, so you know, to you know, not not promising them any money, and yet we all know that they are. And yet, you know, here's was Michigan coming off being able to traverse all of this and, you know, get into the, to the winner circle. So, you know, uh, you just, you just hang on and hang in there. I'm going to take some of the feedback here. You know, the, the one other thing I thought about Michigan, if I am thinking about their plan and their approach, and if you've watched the show, you know, last year when everybody was coming, I said, you get to let it, I'm giving them the opportunity to let it play out. I mean, and then look last year, name, image, and likeness was a big reason that Michigan won the national championship this year. Blake Corum, Zach Zinter, Trevor Keegan, Chris Jenkins, these guys would have gone to the NFL if there was no NIL, you know, the previous days of NIL. So Michigan, their approach of those who stay will be compensated 
that was a huge hit and a big reason, again, why Michigan won the national championship. So anybody that's complaining about NLI, you say, well, it was a big reason they won the championship, but then they'll be like, but what about the future? Well, that's a good point. What about the future? I thought that the whole those who stay will be compensated was a pretty um, was a pretty smart move by Michigan. Like everybody else or a lot of the other teams promising to pay, which is illegal, and in giving them money up front. And then guys can bowl, you know, after one year, like, you know, Dante Moore got whatever amount of money he got from UCLA. Now, he, you know, took the promises and went back to Oregon, which was trying to give him money. And who knows? He could be out next year. You know, you see it all the time. That's just one player, for instance, uh, talking about Dante Moore. But here was Michigan saying, hey, we're going to reward our guys that have stayed around. And what was it? It was John Wegler, who uh, the former Wolverine, who is, um, you know, running the clothing line uh, and, and Valiant. You know, the, the one part that he put out was like, you know, Michigan can pay guys two or three times, you know, once they're in the program. And I thought, wow, two or three times what these guys would be getting coming out of college to stay around. Wow, what, what, a, what a way to go about it. But I don't know if it hit a snag. And I put that in quotation marks because Michigan won the national championships. Like, yeah, that's all good. You know, you know, paying the players and paying them two, three times the amount. And, you know, the, for the guys that would be, you know, not first rounders and everything else to get back. But maybe it hit a snag because Michigan won the national championship. I don't know. And I don't want to know. Like, I mean, I like, oh, would I rather have them go back and, and have gotten beat by Alabama? No. If they did, hypothetically, was Braden McGregor and Jalen Harrell, would they have stayed around if Michigan would have you know, give them a couple million? Same thing with Junior Colson, Trent A. Jones. You know, how many is that? McGregor, Harrell, Colson, Jones, four players. I mean, like, what's um Ohio State spending over, you know, 13 million or something? You know, how much would it have been to keep those players around? Uh, so it may have hit a snag. Because of the natty. I don't know that. And the one thing is you have to have those players that you want to pay to stay around. So that's going to be the next thing. You know, Harbaugh, you have to admit, is pretty good at, at playing the angles. And, you know, I think that a lot of Michigan fans just think around, sit around thinking, Ward Manuel just stonewalls anything that's going on with pay to play. And he should be fired. And he should be out of here. And, you know, <laughs> I don't know. That seems too easy. I don't think it's exactly that. Maybe Ward Manuel should be moving on, but it, it uh, I don't think the way that it's painted with most fans that he's like this villain that is just taking the money and putting it in his own back pocket and then thwarting any effort, you know, to give it to any Michigan football players or anything else. And uh, he's drawing the line. There will be no compensation or whatever else. Uh, it, it's not as bad, certainly that it's not as easy as I see that a lot of people make it seem when it comes down to the Michigan athletic director. And I don't know, over the last two weeks, I, I don't, I'm not putting myself in like the ward manual, like uh, I'm not hitting his camp or anything. And in fact, I would say that uh, when it comes down to the contract details and trying to keep Harbaugh, I mean, I'm still holding the line on all of that, but let's see if he's going to be able to deliver the head coach or not. And, you know, and while it's, it's at it, you know, Ward, it's part of the job. Like, you know, he's an easy target. There he is, the athletic director. Most people don't say, well, what about all these regents? Those guys got a lot of power, those men and women. How about them? 
when it comes down to that same thing that you're demanding and putting manuals feet to the fire, but the regents, you know, Acker loves to get out there on Twitter. Where's his, where's he at? Step up. He doesn't want to negotiate the media. Well, you know, you better start. Second interviews. Step up, Jordan Acker. You want my vote? You want Michigan? You want you want to you know run for office one day? You want the maize and blue vote? Get Jim Harbaugh back. That's not just for Acker. I'm not picking on him. It goes for the rest of them all. He's just the one I know. Uh, and you know he's out there on uh, Twitter a lot. Mark jumping in is talking about OSU, and he says they have adopted the Jim Harbaugh NFL offense and defense and added a New York Yankee pre-salary cap player acquisition budget. OSU administration 100% on board. Is Michigan's administration active or on the sideline? Make things happen. Yeah, I think you're just asking the question. That was some of the things that I was just talking about before reading this. I don't know if the administration is 100% on board. I don't know, you know, if they're ready to get involved like that. Uh, certainly Ohio State is spending money hand over fist, you know, to bring players in, you know, however they're doing it. I put some air quotes up there. I was going to say legally, you know, I don't know. I don't think they're doing it legally, but I don't know. Ghost says, imagine if Corum went to the Lions with that group already in good shape. Hey, look, I hope Blake Corum uh, has all the success in the NFL. You know, the funny thing about the Lions, and we're going to get to them coming up, like if you'd have told me last year, like, what if the Lions take Jameer Gibbs or B. John Robinson? I'd be like, you know what? They have, that's the one position they have somebody. They have Swift. They don't really need to go out there and and upgrade at running back. And then, you know, I'm watching uh, Gibbs yesterday, you know, fly in from whatever that was, 30-yard touchdown. I'm like, man. And just a burst being shot out of a cannon like he has in these last couple games. That's where you just go back to homes. And I was like, yeah, you don't really need to. You've got other positions to fill. No, they went with a dynamic playmaker and they made the right move. One of the reasons, one of the big reasons that the Detroit Lions are in the NFC championship game. I'm not getting tired of saying that. Chase, Tom Brady is going to go back to college to be our next quarterback. Uh, all right. Dave with a, uh, you know, uh, politics. Rob talking about Corum wouldn't play with Gibbs and Montgomery. Blake needs to go where he will play. Mark says that punt return kept Houston in the game until half, and then it was all Ravens, 24 zip in the second half. Good refresher, Mark. You're right. You are right. Let's see, Dave. If you get two interviews and they want to interview others, it's time to move on. Little advice for Jim Harbaugh. Mark is talking about OSU is not waiting. No. OSU is fuming. OSU, you know, can't handle it. Hey, look, I get it, man. For the 16 previous years, uh, you know, whatever, since 2006, around there, you know, over 10 years, close to 15 years, maybe over 15 years. It felt like Ohio State had a complete stranglehold on the series. And every year it seemed inevitable. And Michigan couldn't get over the hump. 
Was it the quarterbacks? Yes. Was it the the uh, lack of skill players? Yes. Was the coach? Yeah. It all it seemed everything. And I can't say it was every day. It seemed like it was every day. At one point, I would wake up and say, "You know, is Michigan really going to be able to get over the hump one of these days, or is this going to last forever?" And look, you know, I have other things that I do besides just think about Michigan football all day. You know, I I like watching basketball and hockey in the winter. In the summer, baseball. Mix in a little golf in there, heck, even tennis. But down in southern Ohio, the only thing to do is to think about uh, is uh, the Buckeyes. And so these guys are just, those guys are just going nuts down there. Literally. They're going nuts down there. We should be used to it with uh, Harbaugh, says Mr. Martini. Let's see what Antoine has to say. He's not worried about Jim. Uh, if he goes or stays, as long as the staff is in place, we good. People think it's just about Jim flirting with the NFL. No, it's more about name, image, and likeness. Well, I mean, there's a little bit of truth in this, but I'm just going to say, Antoine, it's about the head coach. You love to have the assistance. They're a big reason why, you know, Michigan was able to turn this thing around in, you know, starting in 2021 and a staff it's worth, worth its weight in gold. All of that is true, but it's the head man and the guy that's calling the shots and the CEO and everything. Nick Saban, and he was turning out coordinators and other coaches from Kirby Smarts and, you know, just, you know, his tree and everything else. You look at it and they just kept going. It's because the head man, that's what it's about. You know, do I think that it's going to suck when the uh, Wolverines lose Jesse Minner? Yeah. I thought it sucked when they lost Mike McDonald. Uh, I thought it was a blow when, when Matt Weiss resigned. You know, but. Michigan has been able and Harbaugh has been able to plug guys in there. It's kind of the same thing when, you know, Mozzie Smith, I looked at that defensive tackle position. I'm like, that's going to be a tough one to fill. Michigan was able to do it. NIL is a factor. There's no doubt. We started out talking about that. There we go. Take a, a few more in here. Let's do it. Let's see uh, what we have before. What do we have coming up next? Oh, we're talking about the quarterbacks. That's sure to get everybody on the same page. (laughs) I don't think we all know uh, who it's going to be. I think that's going to be a tough one. Andre's uh, nuts here in Southern Ohio. About a Michigan natty. This is my favorite. Nothing against anybody else who sent some feedback in today, but this one from Rob is my favorite. OSU claiming the off-season natty again. That's it! John is not worried. Michigan has the players. The thing, if we're talking about being worried or not, uh, Harbaugh coming back you know, with his game plan and then being all in and uh, I wouldn't worry about it either. I mean, if he goes, then you got to, you know, start something different. 
AJ does not care about the recruiting. He's just letting him know it's the bag more than anything. Yeah, that's true. All right, so when it comes to the quarterbacks, I want to get to who's going to fill J.J. McCarthy's shoes. I also want to let you know that it's a good time right now to join the Maize and Blue Review by going to michigan.rivals.com today. The latest in discussion and what's going on really with Jim Harbaugh, what's going on with those coordinators, the rest of the staff, where are they headed? Where's the Michigan football team headed? That is all there, recruiting, transfer portal, all of it. Hard news, speculation. It is uh, there in the Maze and Blue Review. So we'd like to see you there today. So uh, finishing up on Harbaugh, it has come down to the Chargers and the Dirty Birds with second interviews. And the Wolverines are still hanging in there. And they're being hopeful. I have a picture of Harbaugh out there in Baltimore watching the game on Saturday after being in D.C. on Friday. All right, here are the quarterbacks. So the the first, before I pick, you can pick and you think about it. I think you can make a case for almost everybody on this list. Uh, Jack Tuttle is the first one that you need to consider. Now, Jack Tuttle was an Indiana grad transfer last year. He got hurt. He is applying for yet another season. We don't know whether or not he is going to be granted that waiver. Remember, Talia tried to get one. I don't know. They used to be like, you know, they're handing waivers out like uh, like candy. And then they, I think they started putting the screws down on the waiver process. And then if you're a Michigan fan, you always think that, oh, that's the NCAA. Well, they'll put the screws to Michigan, whether that's true or not. I, you think that. Uh, I get it. Uh, and for good reason. <laughs> I think you think that now. In the past, I didn't think you had so much reason, but I do think so now. But so you put Tuttle in the mix until he gets denied. And the the reason that you think Tuttle could be the Michigan quarterback next year is because of all of the other quarterbacks. He has the most game experience. You know, he played a lot at Indiana. Uh, and if you look towards last year, the actual if there was a backup and, you know, there was a few times and some of these blowouts, it was Tuttle who was coming in. And so you can make a case that, you know, experience, if how much is it worth? You saw the wheels on Tuttle the few times that he was in there. It, it's not crazy to suggest that Jack Tuttle could be the Michigan starting quarterback next year. Got to wait for that waiver process, but, you know, it, what Tuttle has going for him, experience we know coaches like that now we also have the the two young guns that we have seen sophomores last year they will be juniors next year alex orgy or Jaden denigal now orgy i think is the most exciting out of all of the the uh the candidates here we have seen an orgy package in the college football playoffs we saw it against ohio state Alex Orgy is tough to bring down. Alex Orgy is uh, a hell of a runner. Alex Orgy is as strong as possible. And when you see him throw the ball, now he only attempted one pass, but we have seen him in the spring game. We've seen the arm. You know, it looks pretty good. Hell of a runner. We're not 100% sure about, you know, his passing ability. 
I also think his name just gets, you know, obviously the name gets people excited as well. I mean, let's just be honest about that. Orgy! Let's do it. And, you know, in what was the, I'm trying to think of the week. I don't remember exactly what week. Early in the season, when Jim Harbaugh declared that, you know, they're going to put Orgy out on kick return. And then he, like, said something close to, he's the greatest kick returner that we've ever seen. Wow, greatest kick returner that you've ever seen, huh? I don't know. So I don't know. It was Orgy out there maybe a couple times. I didn't, we didn't get much of a chance to see him in kick return, but you know, he's, he's a great runner. Now, Denigal, I remember the one game he was supposed to get in there and Harbaugh was like, yeah, I screwed up. Or actually, I don't think he said he screwed up. I think he was talking about the coaches screwed up because it was one of those games he was sidelined because um, Denigal was supposed to get in there. And what we have seen from Denigal, he's big, uh, 6'4". And he is also, you know, he's not like you would say like um, spurty quick, uh, but he looks like he's got some athleticism, not just a pocket passer. Uh, he's big. And there were a couple times in a couple games where he went and lowered his shoulder and went for a 10 yard run. And then he also completed a, uh, a laser down the middle. So a lot to like in the molding of Denegal, and we don't know how he has progressed uh, ultimately. No, you'll hear some things and we'll see. Those guys are working now, but you know, I, I think most people would pick between Orgy and Denegal, and I would too. I'm not going to count out Davis Warren. Davis Warren has had to overcome leukemia. This, this is a, a player that has fought for his life, it seems like. And he is on the Michigan team. The The thought was is that if he was not fighting uh, the, the battle of leukemia, and he would have um, where it was with uh, uh, the pandemic, I think, when he was in high school, you know, he could have been a, a four-star prospect. So here he is. So you don't count Davis Warren out. We've seen him a little bit in the spring ball. What, what stands out is that he's got a pretty good arm, that he can throw it around the yard. Uh, that's good for a QP, <laughs> being able to, as they say, make all of the throws. He looks like he can do that. And I turned it over a little bit. Uh, uh, so did Tuttle, for that matter, for everyone's liking, in that spring game. But, you know, we saw a skill set from Davis Warren. Is a true freshman quarterback a wild card? Sure, I think so. Uh, it's a true freshman quarterback. Maybe you don't even have to say wild card. You go back and you look at, you know, top 10 quarterbacks uh, each and every year. Not a lot of them play immediately. Uh, and most don't. So having Jaden Davis saying, yeah, Jaden Davis will play. Ooh, they'll probably play a couple of guys. That doesn't, that could be true. And, and, and that actually probably will be true, but that doesn't bode, you know, for success or speak to success for Michigan next year if they're playing, you know, two or more quarterbacks. So, you know, in the best case situation, you know, you don't have to have a true freshman in Jaden Davis being out there, but, you know, you don't count that out. He is uh, pretty highly touted and all that. So uh, you just, you, you think, um, you know, breaking case of emergency when it comes down to Davis. The other one is that I have two asterisks next is the transfer portal quarterback. You go through spring, other guys go through spring, and then they say, I'm out of here. Some of these guys could be like, I'm out of here. 
and get into the transfer portal. So you, we might not know which one of these guys is going to be the quarterback next year for Michigan, and it very well could be a transfer quarter. I'm sorry, a transfer portal quarterback. I think that's um, what a lot of people would guess. But if if I'm going to guess, I'm going to pick Orgy. Why am I going to pick Orgy? Because I think he might be something special. I think that combining the ability to run, you don't have to throw like J.J. McCarthy. He's got to be able to get the ball to Colston Loveland. Get the ball to Samaj Morgan. Now, I don't know if he can throw the ball the length of the field or what the, you know, the arm strength is, but you know, you got a skill set when it comes to running the ball one out of 10 and you know, you got a 10 there, you know, you don't have to be a 10 thrower. We'll see uh, you know, where, you know, it, it ends up going with that, but that's my pick, my pick, Alex orgy, Alex orgy will start against Fresno state. On August the 31st of 2024 for Michigan. You buying that? That's my pick. Let's see what some uh, of the folks think before we talk about some alliance, which is uh, coming up. Let's see. Andre says Jaden Denigal is Wilton Spate-like. Well, he's big like Welton Spate, so I think what you're talking about there is uh, understandable. AJ saying Denigal did good. Mark is saying if they're going to run the QB, then they at least need maybe two or three like OSU. Good point about running the quarterback. Andres is saying he thinks it's uh, people underestimate how difficult it is to actually read a defense. He's an athletic freak, but does he have the acuity to decipher coverage? It's not just arm talent. This is feedback from Andres. P. Maximus is saying we said the same thing about measurables when it came to Darius Clemens, his size. Look what happened. Yeah, I mean, we're just going to go with what we see. Let's see what Ralph, Ralph is uh, talking about insiders. One of the insiders has advanced video practice of Alex Orgy throwing. Yeah, I don't know if this is trying to be funny or something. Advanced video. Yeah. Uh, But then it, you know, it seems uh, pretty benign here. What Ralph is saying, good throwing the ball, great arm talent. Guessing he needs to work on touch and the playbook. Yeah, I don't know about the insiders and advanced video practice. Uh, I've seen a little bit of Orgy throwing the ball myself. And you can't put everything on just watching a guy throw the ball like in practice even, just watching him throw. But Orgy has the kind of spin on the ball and loft and trajectory and the way that it comes out that I like. 
when I saw him throwing the ball, I like all I like the the tight, compact release that he threw, and you know, he threw a nice he threw a nice catchable pass from, from what I have seen from him. Now, I'm not sure about the accuracy, and you know that's what it's going to be. I haven't seen him throw it enough, but uh, there's a lot to like. Another reason that I picked Orgy. But that's what we're all doing. John says Terrell Pryor wasn't that great of a passer, but a read option offense, and he was tough. Use Orgy the same way. With our backfield, that would be something. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of different ways to go about it. You don't have to throw the ball like Joe Burrow. So that's what uh, we're talking about here. Andre's one more in the quarterback race. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were not incredible arm talents, but they are still the GOAT. This is not necessarily about arm talent. That's a good point. David Jelinek, uh, congratulations, uh, I believe, to your brother on his engagement. I saw the pictures over there. Looking pretty good. Uh, David, orgy in the Lamar Jackson offense. You know, thinking about the Harbaugh's, you wonder if Jim, while he was just sitting up there enjoying the game, watching Lamar Jackson, who looked great against the Texans. I mean, look, he had a great year. He's going to be the MVP, and he played like an MVP on Saturday. He wasn't going to be stopped. But you wonder when Jim's watching Lamar Jackson out there at times if he thought, you know, we get our own little uh, little Lamar Jackson at in Ann Arbor. And would he be able to pick some things up from his brother John about the great Lamar Jackson? Maybe. JSE is going back to Jim Harbaugh. He says he is the greatest coach in the history of football. If Michigan loses him, they fall into an abyss, and OSU will turn into the new Bama. Well, that's a I think on a lot of fronts there, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit wild, but there's also some truth to it. I think that Harbaugh is the greatest coach in the history of Michigan football. I'll say that. I'm not going to say that he's the greatest coach in the history of college football. He's not. I wouldn't even put I'm Like I said, I have him currently number two. But if you're going to go through the guy that just retired, you would put him in front of Jim Harbaugh. Can you make a case that Jim Harbaugh is a better coach than Nick Saban? Uh, your case is then you're bringing in what Harbaugh did in his short time in the NFL, and you're adding it in there. That would be your case. He's pretty good, so I'm not really going to knock him down at all. Look, you know, the the Buckeyes are taking the money that they would normally be spending on an extra, you know, 12-pack of uh, Natty Ice or an extra can of Copenhagen or a few more cans of hairspray for their wife or a couple more lottery tickets, and they're giving it to Ohio State to promise to get players up front because they can't handle losing anymore. So, yeah, I mean, they're they're always going to be there. That's it. Mark's thinking about getting McCord. 
facing Michigan and Penn State's defense is pretty tough. I think he surprises in college football. Well, he's still out there, right? Ralph is talking about orgy. John agrees with me. Alex, orgy is primed to be the next quarterback one. That's from D. Chef Yaku. Spate was a statue. Orgy should be the front runner, highest ceiling of all the QBs. Yep, that's what I'm thinking going in. But then you don't know when they get in there and how they're throwing the ball right now, how they mature, progress when they're down there throwing, be throwing right now. Well, you say, boy, Denical, man, he's really taking big time steps forward. Somebody else was talking about reading these defenses and uh, being able to, you know, handle everything that goes into being a college quarterback. And you say, man, Denical just has that. He's got it. And uh, they, may, I'm just giving you hypotheticals, but yeah. I think what you're talking about um, is why I picked Orgy right now. Dave's watches, uh, well, he watched a video of Florida high school football coaches scouting the playoff teams this year. Some were surprised Orgy hasn't been a bigger deal. Said he was unstoppable. Let's go. Antoine saying Tuttle is steady Eddie, but Orgy, if he can just make these simple passes, we good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of uh, feeling what you're talking about. And Mark is going to Brock Purdy. Shows what uh, elite takes in college, uh, not always a good measuring stick. That's a good, that's a good point, Mark. You know, I, I was going to make a something, I guess, a point about Brock Purdy. You know, as the Lions beat the Rams and the, the Bucks yesterday to advance to the NFC Championship game, they're a six-and-a-half-point underdog. Uh, going to play the 49ers on Sunday, you know, watching San Francisco all year long, you know, you take one of your, your top players off the field and it's going to hurt any team. And so you have to overcome that. But I do think with, with Brock Purdy, Purdy understands that you just get the ball to all of these. They've, they've got so many fabulous players that you now he manages the game very well. And he's just able to get the ball into the skilled players' hands. And, you know, the the defense has been able to do their thing. They've been very good this year. That's been the recipe for San Francisco. If you have watched the 49ers this year, when they didn't have Trent Williams, their outstanding left tackle, they weren't the same team. You say, well, he's the best tackle in all of football. Okay, I agree. I think they have a big five on offense, talking about San Fran. and. Christian McCaffrey is number one. It's one of the big reasons I thought Dylan McCaffrey was going to be J.J. McCarthy before, you know, J.J. McCarthy became J.J. McCarthy. I just looked at, at Christian McCaffrey, his dad, his grandfather, the, the bloodlines that he had. I thought this guy, then the brief time against coming in against Notre Dame, uh, a couple throws against Nebraska, I thought that guy was going to be, I thought he was going to be great. But Christian McCaffrey for the 49ers, I mean, he's number one when it comes to the play. Trent Williams, number two, I'd put Debo Samuel, and then Kittle, and then Ayuk. Samuel left the game. He got hurt almost immediately, came back, and then you know tried a few other things, thought it was a shoe, but ends up, what is it, ended up being a shoulder. 
he might not play. They did not look like this, the same mighty San Francisco 49ers that they have all year long because they're missing one of the, the fab five there. And it just doesn't work when you have the, the fab four as well. I, I think that, you know, they're optimistic, you know, saying all those kinds of things about Debo Samuel and everything else. I don't know uh, if he plays, he's a hell of a football player. It's as tough as they come. We all know that by watching uh, Debo Samuel, but uh, I just think the lions, you know, w- without Samuel, Boy, that gives them, they got a puncher's chance anyways, because the Lions got a, uh, what was it? It was Dan Campbell at the uh, halftime of the Rams game said, our offense is kicking ass. And they didn't kick ass so much yesterday. They made the plays when they needed to, but that offense can kick ass. And, you know, golf on the road, it's a, it's a little bit different of a proposition. You know, he's going to be out in, you know, Santa Clara and everything else, but He's a California kid. I know. I, I think that the Lions have better than a puncher's chance. And the, the Debo Samuel watching him not be in the game uh, like he was yesterday. The Packers should have won that game. That's a, it. It's, it's a weird thing for me about the Detroit Lions is that they've always what has surrounded them in my lifetime has been misery. Always misery for the fans. And, you know, the fans, they're so loyal to the Detroit Lions. People love football. You know, they, they just love it. You know, they're addicted to it. They can't get it off. And even the Lions, they just, just kept going. People would say, it's because we're so loyal. Yeah, you guys are loyal. <laughs> then they, you know, they'd always uh, get let down, but then they just come, they would keep coming back because they just love the football. They love football. And it was weird for me to watch this, uh, you know, the team get a home playoff game. And, you know, like you, I picked the Lions to win the North this year, the Central. I figured that they would they would win it. And even picking them to win it, it was still weird. And then I picked them to beat the Rams, and it was still weird. The atmosphere was fabulous. It was one of the most intense football games that I've ever watched, but it was still weird. Having them in the divisional round, which I've never seen in my life, and technically I guess they were in there once back in the day, uh, when they uh, when they beat the Cowboys and they got you know murdered the next week against uh, Washington, but it was weird again yesterday. A good kind of weird, good weird, and the atmosphere and the energy in that place. It's just um, it's just uh, top of the charts. Brad Holmes, man, he's the guy. I'll tell you, Holmes from his pick from Campbell and and even his last draft. When you get GMs that do things that almost everyone's like, this is crazy. I, but it's the kind of uh, guy you want, but you want that crazy guy to work out. I've seen a lot of, you know, crazy picks and, and, you know, it go the other way, almost all of them, you know, when you're talking about the lions, but I just think back to last draft is like, you know, Gibbs, that's not the pick, you know, picking a linebacker, but look at him, Laporta. Branch, the, the selections that he has made, Brad Holmes, man, got to give it up to that guy. Give it up to the Lions, incredible atmosphere. And I think they've got it better than puncher's chance against the 49ers coming up on Sunday. And Aiden Hutchinson's playing great football. I love it. Donovan Edwards has more throws than Orgy. <laughs> That's a pretty good point. 
Troy's talking about 14th and recruiting is unreal. Yeah. I wasn't worried about recruiting last year because of the transfer portal, blending it in. They did a great job in the transfer portal. Remember, they got 10 players. We could go list them out and how big of an impact that they were. Recruiting rankings, not that they don't matter anymore, but just citing recruiting rankings is showing that, you know, nothing against you, Troy, that you're not taking in the whole picture. I'm not going to blast every recruiting rankings don't matter. They don't matter like they used to because now you have the transfer portal. If and and believe me, if Harbaugh comes back, he'll he'll mine at least a half dozen players out of that transfer portal. And it wouldn't surprise me if all of them were impact guys. So getting that kind of uh, success in the transfer portal the way that they were last year, supplements recruiting. And remember, with recruiting, you know, I would like five stars as much as anyone else, but Michigan has also shown the propensity now of picking players that uh, they've got a good eye for talent and they've done a good job developing them. That hasn't always been the case, but, man, they are, they've got it, whatever their system is now, and they are rolling. I mean, Mason Graham's better than a five-star defensive tackle that they could have got. Kenneth Graham, I would, Kenneth Grant, I would say the same thing. These are guys currently on the team. You know, Derek Moore wasn't a five-star, but you know he could have been. That's how he's playing. Josiah Stewart on the other side. Would I have rather had a five-star defensive end last year, Michigan getting him, or would I have taken Josiah Stewart? I would have taken the five-star. But Stewart, look at how he's played. He's played like a five-star, especially against Alabama when it counted. We could go on with that game. So let's not – I again, I like five-stars. Probably not as much as you, Troy, but almost as much as you. Let's take a few more here on the feedback. See if anybody had anything to say about the Lions. We get down to it. Uh, let's see. Ralph looking at Will Rogers is in the portal. He's got like 50 career starts in the SEC. Yeah, I would think Rogers would be going to Alabama or back to Washington now with the coaching shuffle. And he's a throw the ball all the time kind of guy. I don't think that fits Michigan's profile of what they're trying to do. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, I would say probably not when it comes down to Will Rogers. Antoine, who loves not talking about Donovan Edwards, the Lions actually use Jameer Gibbs, how we should use Donovan. I think the Lions use Gibbs. I, I think that you could say the same thing in reverse heading into the season. Hey, the Lions should use Jameer Gibbs like they do Donovan Edwards. In that Jameer Gibbs is shot out of a cannon and get him in the open field, and he's a home run hitter. That's what Donovan Edwards is, believe it or not. Donovan Edwards, you give him four or five carries, you know, he might come up with two yards. But on the sixth carry, he's going to go for 75 yards. And then he might go another five, six carries, you know, that, that total five yards, and then he'll take one for 85 yards. That's Donovan Edwards. That can be a little frustrating. If you're a, 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 it was frustrating this year. I mean, you watched Donovan Edwards go for 75 and 85 last year against Ohio State. You watched him 
in the um, Big Ten Championship game against Purdue? What do you have? 185 yards? I mean, he was blast out of a cannon. That, that move that he put on, first carry in the second half. Pretty awesome. Then he come, That was all with like a one arm. The one arm bandit. And then this year, it only took three or four games. Like, this is Donovan Edwards. Woo, Donovan Edwards. People are all over Donovan Edwards. But Donovan Edwards against um, Penn State scored that first touchdown on a, like a third and 10. This is a great run by Donovan Edwards. Donovan Edwards gets it done in big games. I'll tell you, I like, reminds me of uh, a hockey goaltender. There's hockey goaltenders that put up great save percentages. There's guys that could stop the puck. Their, their save percentages are, you know, skyrocketing. They're up there. They get into the playoffs, they give up some bad goals. Give me the guy that doesn't have the, the, the crazy save percentage. And, uh, but in the playoffs, it's going to stop. He's going to uh, see the puck well and make big stops. That's what Donovan Edwards does. He comes up big in big games. That you know, I don't care if he has uh, you know five carries for ten yards against BG. He did it against Penn State this year. Did it against Ohio State last year. He did it in the Big Ten Championship game last year, and he won the national championship for Michigan this year. Donovan Edwards gets a little bit of a break, Antoine, for the way that he played. He won Michigan the national championship with that 41-yarder that he bounced uh, and and took to the house in the first quarter. And then the second touchdown in the second quarter was a 46-yard race that he won easily, taking it into the end zone all in the first quarter. Washington only scored 13 points. Donovan Edwards, 14. Washington, 13. Now Washington probably would have been able to kick a field goal on there, but you get the point. The game felt like it was over after the first quarter. Even though Washington ended up getting back in the game, and then it was a little third quarter, it was a little tough, and then you know Michigan finally was able to uh, you know, really get it going. And, you know, get that touchdown drive in the second half to uh, to clinch the national championship. But you know where I'm at with that. All right, so that's where it is, Antoine. No, I think I've got, I think I've got it, Antoine. I think I know where you're at with with uh, with Donovan Edwards. You're like. Donovan Edwards is too skinny to be a running back. Donovan Edwards needs to weight train differently. I mean, these are some things that you've said over the years. Look, I'll give you credit. Like you uh, predicted that Ohio State's demise and Michigan's ascension. I mean, you're you're canonized yourself. You're a national champ, Antoine, for, the, for your predictions. You're a savant. You just missed on Donovan Edwards. That's okay. I miss on a lot of things. I mean, we spent a whole hour thinking about the things that I've said, but you know, you swung and missed on Donovan Edwards. And then the whole lot, you know, this year, how many times did I had to go on Twitter and people that, you know, this is not what's wrong with Donovan Edwards. That's what they would say. And I'd say, you know, he's a home run hitter. Are you going to be okay? 
Hang in there with him. He's a big game performer. I don't know if he's a big game performer, but and look, I mean, he he was a little frustrating watching this year. That's for sure. But that's at least my, my perception, Antoine. Of I mean, you can't see everything perfectly. Come on. <laughs> um, uh, don't be goofy. You, know, you did want him to throw the ball more to him. That's true. Coach Stradamus. David, bulk him up. He'd be sick. Yeah, well, you, you be careful. You uh, you know, you bulk those guys up. You're thinking about speed. I remember watching Donovan Edwards high school tape at West Bloomfield. And he was really highly rated. He could have been a five-star. He was very close to being a five-star. But all of the tape that I saw, it would be – it would be West Bloomfield, the quarterback, turn around, hand the ball to Donovan Edwards, and he would just, he would like, he would be gone. He would get past the, instead of watch an entire game, he'd probably get stopped like 10 times and then have four runs where he would just get beyond the line of scrimmage, and then he'd be on touch. Boom, 60-yard touchdown. Every time I watched the tape, it was the same thing. Turn around, gone, untouched. 75 yards, 85 yards, 60 yards. But that's kind of like if you were showing Donovan Edwards tape now, what would you show? You'd show the 75-yarder against Ohio State. You'd show the 85-yarder against Ohio State. You'd show that that first run against Purdue where he made the guy miss and went untouched for that. What was that like? It was a 60, 70-yard touchdown. You would show the 41 and 46-yard touchdown runs that he had against um, Washington in the national championship. And then you'd take that 20-yarder against Penn State. And you'd be like, wow, this guy, he really is Gale Sayers. Donovan Edwards. <laughs> there he is. Okay. Thanks so much for joining us. We will be back on Wednesday. And what are we going to talk about on Wednesday? Michigan. Will they make the college football playoffs next year? Remember, it's going to be a 12-team playoff. Should we expect Michigan? Do you expect Michigan to make the college football playoff next year? On Wednesdays, Maze and Blue Review, Jim Scarcelli will join us. He's expected to be along for the show. And we'll see if uh, there's any more news on Jim Harbaugh in a second or third interview, or maybe he's going to decide to come back to Michigan. Maybe Jordan Acker is going to come out there and, and force him on a, a, a train back to Ann Arbor. And Jim Harbaugh will be the coach. That will affect my decision on what I'm going to say on Wednesday about them making a college football playoff. Until then, everybody have a great day. Appreciate all of the feedback, especially from Antoine. I'm, I'm you know, I'm bringing people in, customers, and I'm saying, you know, knocking them and things like that. But I love Antoine. So that's what it's all about. Everybody have a great day.